from Rixie. This is Frameform. Hi, guys. Hey. (laughs) I mean, I guess hello and welcome back to another episode of Frameform. But guess what? We're in person. We are on the same coast, everybody. (laughs) It feels very weird, but in the best way. I'm like… Why are we not through the screen right now? <laughs> I know exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm like now like probably going to enter like my own weird mode because I'm just so used to like being in front of the screen and talking to you all and I'm like You're like I'm not going to make eye contact. Yeah, and I'm like and I don't want to make eye contact with this camera that we have recording for everyone cuz I mean it's really rare for us to be in person with one another and like actually do what we've been doing for the past like two years almost oh my god (laughs) but I mean the reason why we're all together is actually for Jen's festival capital dance and cinema festival and DC so yeah yeah we're here at Eaton workshop in one of the rooms and got a little couch area because I thought okay if we're all gonna be here and like Claire's flying in (laughs) From California, we better make the most of it. And something about that opportunity to be together and like in this really nice space and well-designed place, I was like, we're not going to go to my closet at my house and record this. Like, yeah, let's let's do something here. And just to celebrate two seasons, like grand finale. It's pretty crazy. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, this just feels like a perfect time to reflect on the past two seasons and especially we're recording this a day after the capital, the excellent capital festival event, which was a full day of screenings, discussion, and connecting with people. And really, when like Hannah's when when the idea for the podcast came into to Hannah's sphere, this really was the point was to continue that discussion to take what happened at a place like you know, what happened yesterday and keep that moving forward. So it just only seems, it just feels so fresh and it just feels, it's, I mean, it's always wonderful to watch films and discuss them, but it just after yesterday and after being able to be like in space with people, just, there's, there's just this fresh feeling going into this. One as a curator and like producer of the festival to be able to say, okay, we've, we don't have to cover everything in this post-screening Q and A. We can literally say, hey, we did an interview with the team of the Uprooted. Go listen to season one, episode five. We talked to Steven about confrontation. Go listen to season one, episode three, seven, something, something right? right? <laughs> so, like, we were able to like kind of add these um, annotations throughout the day and their screening and say, hey, if this is a particular topic you love, like we rescreened um, our last ARIA and we had Scotty Hardwick there, who's one of our programmers. Mm-hmm. And we also had, um, we screened New Wanted Rivers. And we talked about both of those in our desert episodes. So to be able to say, I know we got a lot of thoughts about these. Let's get some of them out. But yeah. also, if you want more, there's something you can listen to. And there were mm-hmm. people in the audience that are not dance filmmakers that were like, wow, this opened up a world for me. I've never seen dance like this. I've never seen other cultures like this. And that's part of the fun about these sorts of events is it's not just made for dancers and dance filmmakers. It is made for a general audience. And that's part of the Frameform mission is to expand yeah. that interest. Yeah, exactly. It was such a treat to just have uh, everyone actually share their feelings and their reactions and thoughts of what they were watching. And you don't get that at all film festivals. Oh, and not at all. I think just something about being apart and also being in a smaller screening space really helped 
just make people kind of feel safe about what they're feeling out loud. Absolutely. And it really allowed for, I mean, again, like the environment was set up for people to share no matter like where they were coming from. I mean, basically what Hannah just said, like, and that's, to me, that's like prime accessibility into the form. Like it's not necessarily making it easier to consume for an audience, but it's making sure like an audience does have, feels like that they can have a, um, like a seat at the table, they can have something to offer. And everybody who attended yesterday had something to offer. And like, whether it was like a tangential to dance film or whether it was in the dance film realm, I felt that that, that space was created that people could share and were safe. Yeah, as Hannah's mentioned, like safe to share those thoughts. Talking about what happened last night gave me an idea for like a future episode. I was going to say, can we talk about that? I, I think like similar to our like outside episode where we were talking with people who are filmmakers, but don't really know much about dance film or giving their perspective on dance film it would be really cool to like I know Claire you gave your brother like some examples and all that <laughs> and giving him his thoughts but like it would be cool to like talk to someone like that giving them examples yeah. or giving them a film and like talking about that like reflecting what they were feeling and all that whether that be someone who is a filmmaker or a dance filmmaker but just giving them like that outside perspective of like, I've never seen anything like this before. And this is what um, my thought process went through while watching it. Well, speaking of episode ideas, like that was another fun thing is that all three of us were there and we had the slide up. So people were like, oh, I have a new podcast to listen to. And they were coming to us with episode ideas. Like, people that were there with their films and like, please have me on the podcast. And, yeah. and we had, um, we had yeah. Lolly who's like um, festival alum and we screened her film Tellurian before, but she's also doing somatic coaching with her brand, mindful healing touch. And I mean, I personally love the classes, but to have oh, it in a screening context where basically like she, she did some somatic coaching exercises. And we had a conversation before we're like, we don't want it to be like the Tony Robbins, like, like feel, <laughs> feel super culty. So we're like, yes. how do we do this and like make it like a spiritual, like mindful, bodyful, kinesthetic, empathizing experience without it feeling like so weird, especially people that maybe aren't as artsy as we are. But I think it really added to the screening because something I something I really like about hosting the festival in the US compared to Canada is like US audiences are more vocal Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. people were like laughing and cheering. And to me that just feels natural because I'm from like a crazy family. Yes. (laughs) But that part I think was great. And she just kind of opened us up and primed us for that. But that actually got Claire thinking thinking about something to like have her um, come on the show. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to both of you about this idea of having uh, Lolly on the show and not even, not only just having her on the show, but even having her like record like a one-off like audio somatic session, like, you know, that we could point to like, hey, before you watch these films, maybe you can take a few minutes to, to get in your body, get oriented with your space and really check in. Mm -hmm. And I think that I mean, I, I think that that would be such an asset. And I think that having Wally here was such an asset as well. It really was. That would be a really cool just bonus episode where, like, Wally just leads the whole, I don't know how long her sessions are, but, like, you know, taking, I don't know, like, 30 or 45 minutes just to, like, something that people can refer back to and listen to over and over again. I think it would just be a really great asset to have in our archive and, her just 
being able to have that kind of guidance for watching or even listening some kind of way. But yeah, I would love to have a conversation with her just to like really dissect and pick apart like that whole process of like why we should incorporate this in our practice of watching and assessing what we're seeing on screen. Well, and I think also we did like our very first episode was kind of like, what is screen dance dance film? What is it? I think we should revisit how do you watch it in a festival context? Like what are the things to look for? Because like we kind of got into that conversation where it's about how you put the films together and Mm -hmm. something I made the choice to do was, um, we showed like a corn screen dance with actually isolations with Talia Shea Levin. And Mm -hmm. we had like a reflective slide at the end about mental health with COVID and I, I didn't even tell anyone that. I was like, right. I'm just going to throw that in there. And we had like a minute of silence in the screening. And you could like feel it in the room, I, I think, you Absolutely. know. And Absolutely. Like it, that's something that you get out of a – if I put that up on an online screening and just said like sit in your room by yourself and feel it, it's like, well, I'm already doing that. So having everyone communally experiencing that mm-hmm. felt very um, – you know, it's – I don't want to be like, oh, it's a religion, but like it's a spiritual experience. And like we all got to share that together. And it was really special, especially having both of you there and like this two years of collaborating in this way behind us Mm -hmm. and people that were either new listeners or, Mm -hmm. you know, just going to start subscribing or people have been following it since before it was even a thing. And we're like, oh, you guys are doing this now. So, (laughs) yeah, I thought it was great. I want to take a moment and actually talk about this past season in general because I we did start a little differently this year. We started earlier than later, and I think we were able to, like, breathe a little bit more. I mean, one, we got in a better rhythm, as Dan was saying on our um, episode on Alt Staff. Like, he could tell that we were, like, in a better rhythm and, like, more comfortable talking about things out loud and also – being better about like timing and all of that but I think the one thing that helped a lot was breathing and a lot of podcasts don't talk about like giving some room to like not pack everything in and I feel like we were definitely doing that last year and like kind of like counting down the clock so I think that's like an important part of this process is just like having time to reflect and also having time to like you know, live our life, you know, especially like all of us are working so damn hard, like outside of this, like, even though it's a great ritual and we get together every week and it's like, it's such a nice like brain exercise for me. But like, I think taking breaks and just letting things go for a bit, like, helped push that process and become a little bit more organic for us. I'm glad we did in the summer too, because the last episode we did, we recorded on a Wednesday night and I got, I came in right after the studio and I listened to that episode and was like, my voice sounds probably like it does now. Like my voice sounded strained and it's just was so nice to have that like rest and be mm-hmm. able to have it. Summer's a little less crazy. And I think I like preparing for the show. I like taking time to like watch everything, get the notes together and like organize our Google Doc. It gives me joy. (laughs) So having that space definitely was helpful. And having break weeks too. Oh, not having it such a tight schedule. It's like, no, we have to record this week. Yeah. Oh, totally. There were times we all needed (laughs) a week here and there. (laughs) Yeah. And it really helps. I think it, yeah, Nolly helped us just process what we wanted to think. But I think just that also helps 
helped clarify the episodes as well and really helped focus them on like very like the very crucial like what we want to say. And I heard this uh, quote, I totally forget who it was. It was Dance for Home related, but someone who was talking about giving talks and giving um, like giving presentations at festivals and her philosophy was, I don't want you to pay attention throughout the whole talk. Like I want something inside, like inside this to spark an idea. And then I want you to go off on a tangent, like your mind to go off on a tangent. And I think that having that space can like help an audience kind of go off on those tangents. And I mean, it is recorded. It's committed to, you know, make a pix, not make a pixels or, or what, like people can go back and list, re-listen. Yeah. yeah. But I think that that, like just having, having that space to prepare and like letting those thoughts congeal. My brain is jet lagged. <laughs> letting those thoughts congeal uh, was just a net positive yeah. for the show this year. And my favorite thing was having guests on. Like, I know I, I keep saying this, but, like, I'm going to keep saying it. Having guests on and inviting people into the conversation. And, like, the whole point of this was not for us to share our opinions on everything. Right. It was, like, curating programs and themed ideas for people, creating almost lenses with which you could see screen dance or dance film. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think that that was the best part. I mean, with our show... Being remote and all of that, like, allows us to have that many guests on there. Because, you know, with these in-person events, not everyone has, you know, the time to, you know, fly out or time and money to fly out to these places. I mean, I wish we could. But, I mean, it's really nice that we, when we do these interviews, it's not on our usual Wednesdays. It's whenever they can do it and we can do it too. So I'm really grateful for Jen. Thank you for just like kind of pushing that. I know I sometimes I kind of push back where I'm like, there's just so much. I'm always like, let's do more. And Hannah's like, let's do what we can do. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why it works. Yeah. And Claire's exactly. there in the middle be like, okay, I think this is a good balance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literally how we're sitting right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it definitely it definitely does work. And it'll work even more when we go into our like seasons further out just like how we invite more people to the conversation and especially like talking to the some of the filmmakers that want to be on our show talking to them last night I think that will be like a nice addition like getting a little bit more perspective and from different cultures yeah oh yeah and the announcements I think is a good thing like something that we're going to start doing next year it's like officially is be like this is sponsored by or like brought by brought to you by the international screen dance calendar which yeah. I think will help get that name out even more because oh, absolutely. I mean thank you Simon Files <laughs> for yes. taking that initiative because we are such a small community but so spread out over the world and mm-hmm. getting any sort of coordination like it would be amazing if there could be like a, a screen dance summit that I mean there's a symposium in, in April yeah. but like if there yeah. could be an international summit that like Every like nobody produced their festival that year, and everyone's like, "We're all gonna pitch in to the same <laughs> event, and we're all gonna get to the same Damn. place." That would be amazing. Absolutely, absolutely, and also like not keeping it. I mean, I've I've been to a few like a symposium events, and I mean they're very, very, very academic in nature, um, to the point where sometimes it gets very, very siloed into like a very specific way of talking about the form. Yeah. And that was, and I think that, I mean, it's, it's great that that kind of depth is being like engaged with, but at the same time, like it's, there's so much 
there's so many variations of practice on the form and there's so yeah. many. And I mean, just going back to the event yesterday and just seeing how many people were, you know, announced like basically like sharing like what projects that they're working on and what like what things they're curating, what uh, what residencies they're curating, what shows they have coming up that really it, each one was so different. And I'm sure like, you know, and I, I mean, I even saw like audience members get like really inspired and really sparked by those ideas and saying, okay, that's, that's the direction I want to go. Or maybe that's the direction I want to go. And really like showing those options is so, so like so valuable and just seeing, um, and really just, I know that there are many people who talk, who worry about, oh, maybe the field is being described too broadly. Maybe this is, uh, maybe we're just going around in circles, but at the same time, like, that's the beauty of it. Like you can find your way no matter what you're interested in. Well, and like at all ages and stages of your career, I think mm -hmm. like we had, so we had rogue dancer, Jennifer Scully Thurston, who's like our diehard frame form <laughs> fan. Shout out. Um, shout out. <laughs> um, Renata Shepard from Experimental Film Virginia. So like just being able to show that like not everyone has to have the same kind of project mm -hmm. and that we can work together. Um, you know, we're stronger together. We're stronger if we collaborate. And if we, we're cultivating a whole field. It's not just about everyone going to an exhibition. And yeah. even that exhibition needs to be more engagement. It takes years to kind of build that comfort with people. And it mm -hmm. takes a lot of effort to be like, can you drive up from North Carolina or Virginia? And I just love that that was possible. And like mm -hmm. it made it able for like us to show emerging artists like we had a couple um like teenagers that like I teach at the studio that had like never they know me as Miss Chen like they never like <laughs> really seen a lot of dance films like my intern had but like they're I'm thinking of another student in particular and being able to watch his reaction to seeing like color of reality for the first time oh, wow. and this is a kid that loves hip-hop like Mark was like his eyes like popped out he was oh, just like gosh. oh my god this is amazing and oh. that's something that I'm really passionate about is showing the dance film has so much variety and especially kids that are like in the competition, you know, track or, you know, have their kind of predestined, I don't want to say predestined, but like this kind of pre prescribed pathway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being able to expose them to the variety in dance film is amazing. And it's not just the variety of like kind of movement and settings and stories you can tell. Um, you know, you can make a commercial for Activia yogurt and it can still be very artistic. <laughs> exactly, um, yeah. But, like, being able to just show, like, there's different ways you can view dance. It doesn't all have to be tricks, tricks, tricks. And mm -hmm. that's something that Uprooted uh, really <laughs> called into question that did it in a really funny way that I appreciated as well. So Yeah, like, get a job. <laughs> get a job yeah. And something else that I so appreciated about yesterday, um, I mean, maybe this is just like a, a personal, sometimes a personal gripe I have with the screen dance field is that, uh, and I mean, it's because at least for a long time, the only way to really sustain a screen dance practice was to like go into academia or really like get that kind of funding from a department. But just, just seeing the other options to that or other varieties of career paths that, the, that a screen dance career can take. That was so valuable mm -hmm. and just really was such an example. And, I mean, also the fact that they were based, I, I wouldn't call it, say wholly local, but, like, very much, like, in the same DMV, DMV area mm -hmm. and that they were, like, pro and proximity-wise, very accessible yeah. projects. Well, the idea is, like, this is our nation's capital. And, like, I mean, I'm saying mm -hmm. our nation's as a Canadian, but, like, this is, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the capital city and 
it actually is really well located for people to travel to. Like there's so many free amenities that Mm -hmm. it, to me, it kind of makes sense as much as I love Vancouver. It's an international trip for people. Right. You know, and right now with the pandemic, it's just not, it's, they're two very different countries and, you know, so, but so what's coming up next with like, we haven't even talked about like when we're going to start planning again. I know we want like a break, (laughs) but like, when do we do it again? I mean, I think, well, I mean, with all, like I was saying, like with all great practice, we need rest. And I mean, I think we should reconvene like around February where, you know, we're just, you know, closing in with the holidays, trying to figure out what's getting started in January and getting in the groove of things by February. Um, I mean, you can't rush into great work. It has to like, you know, it's got to be like a stew. It takes, it takes, the longer it takes, it's going to taste better. The more tender, the more. (laughs) So I'm excited for that process and just kind of like, you know, figuring out, I mean, it's funny as we've, you know, after every episode, we kind of do this check-in of like how, what we're doing to like do with outreach with other festivals or even on social media. And then, also like so what where are you guys thinking in the background you know and we have a long list so far so we already have to whittle down what we're doing next season before we even officially brainstormed (laughs) yeah yeah so I'm excited when we actually like get our hands on that and really just kind of like pick and choose and build that curriculum of a season that works for us definitely more location Mm -hmm. scouts happening yeah, definitely. Just like how many? I feel like more than three for twenty episodes isn't is gonna like. That's like gonna be too much. It's gonna be too much. But I thought I thought three this year was pretty good, yeah. and yeah. you know I and I mean there's so many that we can, you know, pick apart. I think we just all. need to pull out Simon Files' bingo list of like dance film tropes and see. <laughs> okay. It's so funny. Maybe we should do an episode on his bingo list. Yes. That would be, that would be really awesome. I'm into that. We should do that. Like, I mean, during screening for San Francisco, we had that list out and we just... I mean, that was like a meme. It's like, yeah. Mm. Something I thought about doing was when we have more time. One, not ticketed event, but just screening something awesome like Dirty Dancing or West Side Story. Just mm-hmm. like a movie. Just yeah. a movie to hang out. Yeah. And two, doing like a caption this screening. So like, yes. for example, okay, I'm not going to say which one. There's one film that like, as I'm watching, I take it so seriously and I'm just like engulfed in it. But if you take a step back, it's like, this could be really funny to voice over. <laughs> like, you know, so, but you got to be cautious about presenting people's work with care. Yeah. So that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the thing. So I would probably not do it with festival films. Yeah. But doing some sort of like pop up video or having it, you know, with other kind of content that is more like public domain, I think could be yeah. super fun. Yeah. Because having some sort, of, I don't, I don't want to say heckling, but having more of like an active kind of cult cinema mm-hmm. experience, I think yeah. would really add to the experience. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious how that's gonna go. Okay. Yeah. I still want Richard James Allen to like show up in his digital yes. outfit. When we screened oh that like years ago, that was like the last <laughs> film in the screening. And I just got had like this vision of like wanting him to walk down the hallway. Oh like, my aisle. That will be the ten year. That will be the ten year. And you're like and you're like, Can you can you please please, please just come? 
can you just come to Vancouver and just show up at the very end and that will be like the grand finale you don't (laughs) attend anything else (laughs) you don't want people to recognize you It would be great to meet him and Karen. I mean, all of the guests that we've had this season, thank you again for uh, making the time and talking with us. And um, we really hope that we can see you in person someday. Yes. Thank you for working out those world time clocks for all you international guests. Trying to interview Wilkie. Like he was, he was down, but it was like, okay, I'm in Venice. I'm doing this. I'm like, no, you're traveling. Like, don't worry about coordinating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But. Yeah, it's funny because people were, some people like gave feedback and like, I'm so surprised you like weren't nervous talking. And I was like, well, everyone's human. And I think if you, I'd be nervous if I didn't know what I was talking about. But the yeah. fact mm-hmm. I've seen the works and I have these genuine feelings about them and like that excitement, it's, I, there's nothing to be nervous about. Just, it's yeah. like, I don't want to say fangirling because I trivi- trivialize it, but it's just like expressing all the stuff that that work gave to you. And just giving it back because, I mean, Mm -hmm. especially someone like Wilkie who just, I mean, I think we're going to remember him decades from now. Like that sort of work is just out of this world. Absolutely. Not to minimize anything anyone else did, but just like (laughs) he's just on another planet. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It would be really nice also to like meet Motion Dance Collective in person as well. Amari is amazing and like do something with them some kind of initiative but speaking of other initiatives um i know like rixie is like a video channel like that would be a very cool thing to do is to like somehow capture the interviews on camera somehow um and give that actual like experience of watching you know an interview a dance film interview because you that's another thing. We don't have enough of those online and having the access to those. Or video essays too. Because the thing is like when we're talking with the people directly, Mm -hmm. we can establish that we have the rights to use it. Like we can actually talk to them. It's not like you're making a video essay on content that you can't reach out to the person and and work out that arrangement. And if Mm -hmm. I were a filmmaker, I think that would be huge. Like it's easy to just be in your seat and just be thinking from your perspective but if I were a filmmaker and I got invited on like one of only like three to five dance film podcasts I would be stoked yeah and then like on top of that if they're like and we want to do a video essay about your film like that would be amazing right yeah I mean that would be interesting to do a video essay um but that's the other thing that is a lot of work and um that would maybe be like if we had to take a year off for for some reason. That could be something that would be piping in the background to make. I think that would be very valuable for people, especially because there's just so many video essays out there for like other directors and known works. I mean, freaking video essays about YouTubers. <laughs> I really like take. I mean, I've already done them as like a wreck on the show, but yeah. like I think that's probably why I'm like video essays. Yeah. They're so good. The only screen dance video as I know of is unfortunately not, well, it was given in a symposium by Amari, which was a whole like video essay rap on, or like, I wouldn't say rap, but like a video essay spoken word, yeah. like poem about urban dance in the world of screen dance. I didn't see that. I, I need to find it. I don't know where it is. <laughs> I mean, it's, you're talking about things that take a lot of work. I think that is probably the one that's like even more work than doing just a video or just audio. It's like being able to, and especially because we're editors and dealing with movement and we're talking mm-hmm. about how to 
execute that pinnacle of the art form, uh-huh. then it's like the pressure's kind of on to like make the edits perfect and dance really. And honestly, we would kill it if we did it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's still like effort. With that said, I mean, with the video essay, I'm really curious about like how we can refine the search for dance films online and how we can refine that and make it easier for people. I mean, as I was doing that years back, I mean, it's still really hard to find it. And I don't know with this whole like using tags and keywords and for SEO, you know, searching. I think it, I would love to like just kind of improve that in a way through conversation. It works better on social than on web, which yeah. is annoying because like like yesterday Scotty was at the end. He's like, Mark Zuckerberg has no place in my life. And I'm like, I, I <laughs> admire that so much. Yes. Like I wish I had a separate phone for social media and yeah. like didn't have to touch it. As much as there's really good things about it, mm-hmm. just in general, like – there's so much outside of that. It's hard. It's hard to even just like what everything is going through right now and just even our relationship with technology. But that's what we have to, I mean, shoot, we're sitting here doing this podcast. Like yeah. it's going online for people that are going to tune in and listen. And But it's really hard to find this kind of stuff that we're talking about for everyone to watch it and not just do what we did last night. I mean, granted, I love that we, what we got to experience and all that. You don't get that in person everywhere you go, but it does need to be um, organized in a better way. Yeah. Well, and it's also kind of like put in a category like San Francisco streams with marquee TV and like right. mar- people that are watching marquee TV know that they're watching the arts, but they're not going to like stumble upon it if they're not trying to subscribe and stream totally exactly so people kind of get into their own internet rabbit hole and then the algorithms keep working to push them into that rabbit hole so how to break out of that is really challenging and especially Mm -hmm. using seo in like a tagging and a meta tagging way through google versus like hashtags because yeah. hashtags, I find, has mm-hmm. actually curated my feed pretty well. Oh, for sure. I find out about a lot of stuff. Like, I follow, like, hashtag dance film, hashtag screen dance, hashtag dance cinema, which used to be, like, nobody else. And now oh. I keep seeing, like, a lot of people putting – and I'm not saying – I mean, like, makeup. Like, yeah. But, right, like, yeah. I, I was – I did my research. I was the first one to, like, put the words together and, like, have that. So – now that that's, like, a hashtag, it's cool to see people that are, like, yeah. agreeing. And it's not like, oh, I don't want to use my word. I'm like, no, that's cool because that means they think the same way. Yeah. It means mm-hmm. that they think that that is the right word for it. Yeah. And that's right. – I love that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm really excited for what's to come. Same here. what we experienced so, so far has been fantastic and such a treat. And I'm glad that we have this relationship to get together and talk about the things that we love and the things that we want to share about. So Yeah, I'm just so thankful just to be a part of this with both of you and just so so appreciative that the last, I mean, yeah, two years basically has been really anchored by having these conversations with you weekly. And that's been, I mean, it's also just the process of, um, I mean, as someone with extreme social anxiety, like just the process of speaking every week and being able to like, you know, art- you being, you know, 
for me, being forced to articulate something like on a regular basis has, I mean, personally helped me a lot. And it's just, um, and I, I'm just so thankful for both of you and just for. Um, thanks, Blair. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, like that is not the, not the thanks because I feel that too. But like yeah. the part about speaking every week, like that's mm-hmm. coming as a shock to me because I, you're just so fluid and natural and just so oh. smart <laughs> with all that that like it's just proof that everyone's got their own internal experience and their outward mm-hmm. way that they come across to people. And I would have never guessed that about oh. you at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I love hearing you speak and I love that's... being able to talk every week and like yeah. process things and curate the episodes. And yeah. it just really is such a special project and I remember like five six years ago you'd be like oh I kind of want to do a podcast and that was before yeah. like everybody had a podcast too yeah <laughs> like so just thank you both thank you Hannah for starting it and yeah, like thanks. really being the anchor on like the editing the production and working with Mason and this would not yeah. be the same if we weren't partnering with Rixie at all yes thank you Rixie thank you Mason yes. really like it's so again so huge to have um, a second eye on like what we've we've spoken about, and to I mean really have an outside eye to Honestly, on board. I think that's the one thing is like I've said this before, but like really taking advantage of the resources that you have. And I know with like dance film, like we're always trying to like do everything ourselves because we don't know if we have that outside support. And I, again, yeah, like, thank you, Mason and Dan, for, like, really supporting us and just, like, you know, having us be a part of the audio video family of the stuff that y'all are doing. So um, I think that's an important thing to just, you know, take advantage of it, respect it, and, uh, you know, use it. And yeah, although I, I do want to get the elven out of the room. Yes, I've been holding my mic like an ice cream cone for this whole thing. <laughs> well, other than that, thank y'all for season two. Thank you everyone else for listening and tuning in. We look forward to hearing from you and we look forward to what we have brewing next. <laughs> yeah. Do you love what you're hearing? Do you want to be heard? Send us an email at frameformpodcast at gmail.com and engage with us on social at frameformpod. That's frameform, P-O-D. If you really love what you're hearing, leave us a review and rate the show. It makes it easier for more listeners to find it. If you want to spread the love, tell your friends to subscribe and keep the conversation going. Thanks for listening. Frameform is a production of Rixie, hosted by Hannah Weber, Jen Ray, and Claire Schweitzer. Edited by the Frameform team. Mix and theme song by myself, Mason Carlton. Thanks for listening.